A 48 Days listener wants to know, Dan, am I selling out if I give up and get help? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, what do you think? Are you selling out if you give up and get help? Golly, we need to talk about that one real quick. We're going to go through some good news items and then get right into that, along with some other questions that include, uh, Dan, I'm hesitant to charge $120 a session for my coaching, and goes on to say, even though a lot of experience, credentials, and so on. Um, Somebody wants to know, how did that pastor move to a trainer position? Now, that's I mentioned that a couple times, and um, apparently really strikes a nerve with people. So I'm going to explain a little bit more about how that happens, how he was able to do that, and how there, yes, indeed, are opportunities for people to do exactly what he did. Dan, I've heard you talk about a business chaplain. Is that a real thing? How about this? I'm a veterinarian. How can I jump out of this boat that's making me miserable? Well, we're going to talk about those and more. Quotation today comes from C.S. Lewis, who says, you are never too old to set a new goal or dream a new dream. I hope you realize that. I don't care if you're 18 or 88. You're never too old to set a new goal or dream a new dream. Our resource today is a resource that addresses when is it too late to find work you love? Just go to 48days.com slash old, and I'll take you right to some information about that. When are you too old? When's it too late to find work you love? Now, the funny thing is, you know, I hear from 27-year-olds who say, gee, Dan, I majored in the wrong thing in college. You know, now I've got a law degree behind my name. I don't want to do this. I'm toast. And they imply that they're just going to have to wait around until they crawl into the grave. Oh, come on. You got a whole lot of time to keep experimenting, whether it has to do with other degrees or just starting something new. I mean, we have people making transitions all the time. We know that 80% of college graduates, 10% 10 years after graduation, are doing something totally unrelated to their college degree. That's okay. There's plenty of time to pivot redirect, realign, whatever you want to talk about, however you want to frame it, plenty of time to do that. My goodness. I mean, if I needed to find something new after years of writing, speaking, coaching, if I need to find something new, man, I could do that in a heartbeat. There's 10 things I could walk out and do tomorrow if I wanted to change totally different from what I'm doing now. And frankly, that that would not be intimidating. Sometimes it sounds pretty intriguing even though I love what I'm doing right now. Well, let's talk about a couple of good news items. Got a couple inventions. You all know I love inventions. I love when kids come up with things. Got a couple examples of that. Here are a couple of students invented a door handle for public bathrooms that can clean and sanitize itself. Now think about that. I mean, you know how it is. You go into a bathroom, whether it's in, like, let's take an airport, Thousands and thousands of people coming through and you wash your hands and then you approach this door that you know 3,000 other people with Lord knows what on their hands have grabbed that handle and walked through there. 
And if you take a paper towel and take it with you, then you're too far to throw it, too far away to throw it into the trash can. Hey, you know the routine. Well, guess what? There's two students who have invented a door handle that gets rid of bacteria ridden germs on it. So here's what they did. See, you know, they say nowadays people use chemical cleaning materials to clean up public areas. It's both easy to wipe off and harmful to the human body. So that doesn't last very long. And if somebody wipes it down, so they've developed a door handle where the materials only cost $13 a door handle. They combine titanium dioxide powder and ultraviolet LED lights to effectively develop a door handle that cleans itself. Now, here's, here's the cool part. So it requires ultraviolet light. Well, where's that power going to come? Now you got to run one. No, they engineered a small gearbox and generator to be hooked up to the door itself, making it self-powered. The kinetic or moving energy developed from opening and closing the door provides enough electricity to keep the handle lit and functional. So I don't need to go through any, any of the rest of it, but this thing kills 99.8% of the bacteria in lab tests. So they're getting a re, an award for this, but think about this, a very low cost door handle that uses ultraviolet light and some other things that I don't understand to keep it bacteria free. Kelly, I love that kind of idea. I mean, it's the kind of thing these kids will rock and roll with this. Just two teenagers that develop this. Well, here's another idea. This one comes from a blind guy. And guess what? Because he knows the needs, he developed a smart cane that uses Google Maps and sensors to identify one's surroundings. Now, think about the advantages we have, those of us who have sight. I mean, we can see things. We can pull up a GPS on our iPhones, and we can know exactly where we are. What about somebody who's blind? Well, he's saying, you know, there've been so many advancements, self-driving cars and all those other things that we have for people who see, but blind people still walk around with a white stick and that's about it. So he developed this to pair with smartphones, Bluetooth system. So you can have, you know, like GPS or whatever, you can have those things all feeding in and it comes through, the messages come through the cane itself. Now the canes cost about 500 bucks, but again, what a, it's called We Walk. We Walk is what it's called. You can check it out and uh, they're selling for $500 a pop. But I love those kind of ideas. Love those kind of things where somebody just takes a common need and develops a simple solution. Now, a lot of you listening have ideas that could duplicate the two ideas I just talked about. A self-cleaning door handle or a smart cane that's using Bluetooth technology to give the carrier information about where they are, obstacles, traffic that's coming, all those kind of things. Well, and a lot of you have ideas like that. And a lot of you say, ah, it's too complicated. Well, these aren't complicated ideas and a lot of great ideas are not. But the people who benefit from them are not the ones who have the ideas, but the ones who implement. You know, having an idea really isn't worth much. But if you implement, it can make you rich. Well, I'd love to hear what ideas you're working on. Incidentally, if you got ideas like that or you, you got a, a success story you want to share, golly, shoot it in to me. Just shoot it in to askdan at 48days.com. Love to hear about it. Well, Mike, now this is the question that I really wanted to unpack, put it at the top of the list today. 
This is Mike, and I'm worried about selling out before I even get started. Now, check it out how he lays this out. I've written down my goals, I've reviewed them, I've come up with plans, but I never get any traction. I get stuck on something simple in WordPress or anything the least bit challenging on the tech side, and I question my ability to do anything. I need help. And I know it's my responsibility to set up the business, but I'm struggling. Am I selling out if I give up and get help? Kelly says, I'll never accomplish anything worrying about looking stupid. It's one of those times when you feel like your questions are so insignificant and displaying your lack of competence that you don't dare ask for help. I'm an Eagles member, but only from the sidelines. I love this group, but again, he says, only from the sidelines. Okay, here's the thing. Mike, are you selling out if you give up and get help? Well, you have placed a really low ceiling of what you're likely to accomplish if you really think you're going to do it on your own. It just is impossible to do that. I mean, I tell people there are probably 20, 25 things that need to be done here at 48 Days. You know what? I probably do two or three of those pretty well. Accounting? Absolutely not. Technology, not a chance. Social media, I have no clue. Processing my podcast, I have no idea what happens after I record it. Building or making changes to a website, absolutely not. I I could no more build a website than a two-year-old. Well, I'm, some of those could probably do better than I can. I mean, I, I have no idea. I have no understanding of coding of where I would go, I would have no idea how to start. Now, I've had websites for many, many years. I mean, 35 years, I suppose. But I've never done anything myself. I just have a vague idea of what I want and then link arms with people who are much smarter than I. So am I, am I selling out if I get up, give up and get help? No, man. Again, you're, you're slamming the door on any hope of success if you don't reach out for help. It just defies description, your wording of that. You have to totally wipe out your mindset on that. You're not selling out. You're being smart. You're being intelligent. You're being brilliant. You're taking advantage of things right under your nose if you reach out and get help. And the counter is true on all of those. You're not being smart. You're not being brilliant. You're not taking advantage of resources. If you don't reach out for help, and I can't imagine any business where any one person could do it all alone. I mean, if you're an artist, chances are really strong, you're going to need somebody to help you sell your work. If you're a writer, you're going to need an editor and a publisher. Otherwise, you're going to have, you know, one of these books that I get them every day. You know, it's going to sell 100 copies, period. That's it, because it wasn't done well enough to really get any traction in the marketplace. Just this morning, I put up a a picture in the Eagles community of a whole bunch of us that were together last week here at the sanctuary. And we are holding up a copy of Kim Avery's new book, The Prayer Powered Entrepreneur. Now, Kim wasn't even able to be with us, but we held up her book because there's a whole bunch of us who are supporting her, encouraging her, cheering her on. Now, also in the picture were her editor, her, cop, her copy editor, two different people, her publisher, graphic designer, 
I mean, there's a whole bunch of people who helped her get the book to this point. Now, this this is, of course, November. The book doesn't even come out until February. So we're way ahead of the game, but we got all these people who are already cheering her on, who have been part of where she has gotten to be at this point. That's how it works. You've got to do that. Mike, don't be hesitant to reach out as a member of 40 Days Eagles. My goodness, post any question in there. You're going to get immediate feedback from people who don't think you're stupid, but people who just say, wow, I know something in an area that can really help Mike. Let me jump in there and do that. People willingly jump at the opportunity to help other members in there. Just a few minutes ago, uh, Jeremy put up a note in there. This is really cool. I mean, I haven't had a chance yet because I just saw it just as I started recording here, but he put up a note and he says, so this is in the Eagles community. This is the way people reach out for help. I have the option of buying an entire retail operation that has a pretty good performing website and gets an amazing amount of traffic. I've been given a take all price that includes 80,000 units of inventory most of these items are on Amazon, but moment he wants the domain name, the email list, the blog, the brand name. But now he's asking, what should he do? Because he really doesn't care that much about the inventory, but he wants the domain name. He wants the, the good public recognition of the name and the traffic that it's already getting. It's getting 20,000 uh, hits a month in organic traffic. It's got content that dates back 10 years. And he says, what are some creative ways that I can buy it and then flip the inventory? Now he's going to get all kinds of input from people in there. And I I will I'll provide input. I mean, I love the concept. I did something similar to that years and years ago. My gosh, I was probably, I don't know, 26, 27 years old. And I bought a body shop. I bought a body shop, everything in it for four thousand dollars. And then, I mean, things were nasty, dirty in there, but there's a whole lot of equipment. I mean, pneumatic tools. There was a, a three-phase compressor. There were other kinds of air compressors. There were paint guns. There were all kinds. Of, I bought everything. I pulled it all out, put it into a warehouse that I had, and then started segmenting it out and sold things individually. I think I got $2,000 for the three-phase air compressor alone, but I got probably $10,000 in parts that I sold out of there after buying the whole thing for $4,000. Anyway, I'll share that story, but that's exactly the way it's done. You share what your need is and other people are going to be eager to jump right up and help you be smarter than you possibly could be on your own. Well, Dale says, I'm hesitant to charge $120 a session for my coaching, even though I've been through a certification program and have years of experience training in the corporate world. All right, now here's the deal. You know, when you just put that price out there and you're thinking, wow, that's a lot of money per hour. You know, my accountant only charges me $50 an hour or whatever. You know, 120 sounds like a whole lot. Well, for one thing, you have to know who is it that you want to serve. I mean, you don't just arbitrarily just throw a price out there. You have to decide what would make sense with the audience that I want to be connected with, the people that I want to serve. That's how you do that. You don't start with, gee, I want to make X number of dollars this year, and so I need this many people to pay me this much money. You'll go into it with the wrong mindset. Start with, who do I want to serve? How can I serve them well? And then you have to be convinced that what you're charging is worth it, where you can hold your head high and tell people straight up, this is what it's going to involve. 
to be connected with me, where I can walk you through this transition that you're facing or help you get out of this place where you feel like you're trapped, whatever it is. Now, we talked about this just this week in our coaching mastery program, where we talked about, and and Ashley, my daughter, asked, why did people pay $5,000 to be part of our coaching mastery program? I mean, it's a lot of money. Why did they do that? Nobody framed it as, well, I really considered my budget and I thought I could, you know, I thought I could make the $5,000 or I thought if I bought your program that I could make $10,000. It wasn't that at all. I mean, I was blown away when people started talking. People said things like this. I felt seen, heard, and understood by someone who I trusted, who had years of experience. Now, here's the thing. When you're selling a service like that, focus on the relationships rather than the transaction. Don't just move in and see it as, well, gee, I need to get $120 from this person or have them commit to three months of working with me for $3,000. Don't do that. Don't let you, I mean, certainly money is there. It's in abundance and it's wonderful to have and it'll show up, but it's a secondary issue. Focus on the relationships. My original coaching clients did not come from me going out and promoting my services or from Facebook ads or by handing out my business cards at the Chamber of Commerce. No, they came from my Sunday school class, from people who had already been sitting there in my class for a year or two years, who knew me. They came from referrals from area pastors who knew what I was doing, from listeners of Dave Ramsey when he was starting off his radio show and he would tell his listeners that I could help them change their situation. Those are the things I focused on. I focused on those relationships that clients showed up in droves. But don't get your mind locked into the, how can I extract $120 a session? Just Be comfortable and confident with what it is that you have of value, but build relationships and those clients will line up at your door. Now this comes where I'm going to keep the name private. He asked that I do because he's working for a company now and that's okay. But he asked about that pastor to trainer question. He says, I have a quick question. On last week's podcast, you spoke about a former Baptist pastor that you helped move into a role as a trainer. I've been a, a technical trainer for over a decade but I've never heard of an opportunity like the position he's in now. Would it be possible to put me in contact with him so I can learn more? Well, I've already done that. I've already put him in contact with a couple other pastors because it's so close to home for them. But let me just tell you and all of you listening what this looks like. This is not a rare kind of thing or some kind of an oddity. Yes, this former pastor is now training for a company where he will go into a city where they've promoted for a particular topic. So they fill a hotel room or conference room and he walks in and facilitates the content, not even his original content. I mean, they have lots of content that they have already materials, workbooks, and they need somebody who's a skilled facilitator to do that. Well, I'm going to tell you kind of the breakdown of what that looks like, but here are some of the companies that do that. Now, this is not uncommon. I mean, any of you, if you work at a company or you work by your, by yourself, you know that we get these things in the fly, in the, in the mail, you know, human resources, how to understand that, how to understand payroll law, uh, managing emotions under pressure, sales and use tax workshop, 
Now here's, I checked on a couple that are coming here to Nashville. Um, well, dealing with difficult people. There's a workshop that's coming here December 11th. Leadership, team building, and coaching skills for managers and supervisors. Wow, that'd be awesome. November 7th here, and then again in March 27th, coming here to Nashville. Now think about that. Would I, Dan Miller, be a candidate to facilitate a one-day conference where the materials is already there and it's on leadership, team building, and coaching skills for managers and supervisors? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of you listening are probably saying, well, I could do that too. Well, you can. And guess what? These companies need people to facilitate these programs. I mean, they promote this, like this um, one that's on, well, leadership. Okay, let's take the leadership team building coaching skills for managers and supervisors. It's in Nashville, Nashville, Huntsville, Chattanooga, Jackson. It's just showing locations that are near me. And that's going to be offered in Seattle, Houston, Miami, New York, and Chicago as well. How can they do that? Is because they have people who are trained facilitators. So here's some of the companies that are going to be players for that. American Management Association. I'll put some of these in. I'll put these links right to their site. But American Management Association is going to be a big one. They provide workshops like this all over the country. Hundreds and hundreds of them. National Seminars Group, Pageant Thompson, the Training Registry, Fred Pryor Seminars, Skill Path Seminars, On-Site Workshops, Cross-Country Education. Those are all companies, and I keep a list of these that I can help clients that I'm working with, but these are people who are looking for skilled facilitators. Now, what are they going to look for? I mean, yes, they're going to want to see what you have done. They're going to want to see some video of you presenting in front of a group. They're going to want to know your background, your training, your credentials, degrees, and so on. But it's not really rocket science, and it's much like applying for a job, except you aren't really applying for a job. Now, a typical kind of engagement would be where they uh, engage with you to, say, present five times a month. That would be pretty common. Now, the gentleman that I referenced uh, last week, actually, they engaged with him for 10, 10 days a month. But having come out from being a pastor, I mean, he feels like he's on vacation, Wow, 10 days, no weekends, no weekends, no evenings. Wow, nobody calling them at 3 a.m. because their teenager didn't show up. Wow, it's really a great opportunity for him. He's very competent at going in because he's very skilled at presenting, encouraging, persuading. That's the kind of thing they're going to be looking for. So let's just think about how this pans out. So here's um, dealing with difficult people. Let me take that one as an example. And that one happens to be, that that is a Fred Pryor conference. So dealing with difficult people in Nashville, December 11th, date coming up, it's $149. So if, let's say there are 85 people who show up, $149, 85 people show up at a conference room. So the facilitator now did nothing to market it, did nothing to develop the material, just going to be the person to walk in the room and walk them through and facilitate interaction with the attendees there and have them walk out with a good experience. That's the deal. So if 85 people show up, that's $12,665. If they pay the facilitator $2,000, that nets the company $10,665. So they can take care of the room and the marketing that they did. Do you think that's a good business model? Yes. 
There are companies that are making millions and millions of dollars doing this. Is it a good idea for the facilitator? Yeah. How many of you would like to have an opportunity to walk in and spend one day where you had no prep time? I mean, you didn't have to do anything to market to get the people in the seats at all, and you get $2,000 for doing that. Well, what if they contracted you to do five of those a month? Well, that's $10,000. Yeah, there's a lot of you who are thinking, gee, you don't like to have that opportunity. Now, this, again, this is just, there are so many opportunities on this continuum of work today. It's not just you're an employee, you clock in at eight out at five, get two weeks vacation, 401k contribution, or you're totally on your own, you know, with nothing to go on. No, there's all kinds of ways to partner with other people who are already in the game. And this, this is one of those. Well, thanks for your question. I, um, and it's a wonderful opportunity I mean, I had a lady one time who had been an HR director for a major company, and she really wanted to move away from that. She really wanted to spend time with her horses is what she wanted to do. Well, she took two opportunities we crafted for her that fit. One was was online teaching so she could teach university courses. One was just what I described, these in-house training programs, and which would take her out of the house a couple of days a month. But her primary one was online teaching, where she really enjoyed the idea of doing that. And she could do it right from her home. She could be out there riding on her horses. And five minutes later, she's at her computer teaching a live class or having office hours for students to contact her and was doing it all from home. It was a beautiful, beautiful transition and allowed her to move into the kind of life that she wanted to live. Well, here's another uh, opportunity that somebody asked about. Business chaplain wanted to know if this is a real opportunity. Yeah, you better believe it. I mean, business chaplain, it's one of the fastest growing areas that I've, areas that I've seen in the last few years. Business chaplain. Now think about it. Companies realize that they hire a whole person. It's not just a set of hands or just techno- technological knowledge. It's a whole person. And so they're having to address things like the person's physical well-being, their emotional, spiritual well-being, family relationships. I mean, those are all factors that are part of that person that shows up in the morning. A business chaplain? Wow. When you look at the topics, Joanne and I went to a fundraiser last night for one of our favorite organizations here in Franklin, the Refuge Center. It's a counseling program and they have lots and lots of professionals that come through there for services. But the the kind of topics ranging from suicides, child rearing, uh, caring for aging parents, marital problems, depression, drug use, finances. I mean, all of those things are things that are being addressed in the workplace by people like business chaplains. I mean, we're used to seeing military chaplains, hospital chaplains. A lot of police and fire departments have ministers, priests and rabbis, or a chaplain that serve that same function. But, um, you know, some of the employee assistance programs coordinators estimate they spend 20% of their time dealing with spiritual issues. So this is just one of many new work opportunities that we're seeing. It's an example of how if you have your eyes open, you'll find new doors opening also and doors that integrate fulfillment, meaning, purpose in your work. My, um, I have a, a brother-in-law. I was just thinking, just as I'm saying that my brother-in-law was a Presbyterian pastor. Well, then as he moved into later years, he didn't want the full responsibilities of pastoring a church, so he became a chaplain. So he was a chaplain with the Veterans Administration. 
And he had, you know, he loved the connection. He's now retired, but he loved the work that he was doing. He was a chaplain for at the Veterans Administration Hospital for many years. Well, there are some sites that you can go to if that's something of interest for you. No, certainly not something that everybody's going to jump onto, but some of you probably are good candidates for that. Um, you know, we, we know that there are a lot of pastors who are leaving their post. There's no secret about that. I mean, the John Maxwell organization tells us that there are 1,500 pastors leaving a month, either of their own choosing or being forced out. 1,500 a month. Certainly not that many people coming through seminaries to replace them. Thus, we have churches closing. Well, that's a topic for another day. But what are those pastors going to do? Are they just going to Gee, start driving Uber? Well, some of them do, but there are certainly things that they can move into that would capture the value of their background, both experientially and academically, that would allow them to move into something like this, like a training position or being a business chaplain. And there are sites out there like Industrial and Commercial Ministries, Interactive Ministries, Association of Professional Chaplains. I mean, you can do a quick search. You're going to find all kinds of things that relate to being a business chaplain. Let me grab, I think we're going to grab just one more here. This comes from Maribel, who says, how do I know the right time to leave my primary job that pays the bills, but I've been miserable in it, leave my primary job and invest time to grow my side business, which is not yet enough to pay the bills? I'm a veterinarian with an MBA from Brazil, moved to the U.S. in 2016 because I'm married an American. Since then, I lost all my career accomplishments and have started all from zero. I work now as a vet in the vet pharmaceutical area, been there for two years, but in a lower position with really no goals, direction, chance, or incentive of career development. Of course, what this is being a mental killer for a very active, multitask, hungry for more person like me. I'm a trainer plus nutrition coach and work with sales, active wear, and Mary Kay as a side job, but can increase my businesses since I have limited time. How can I jump out from this boat that is making me miserable? Golly, great question, Maribel. Thank you. I empathize with your situation. Understand coming from another country where you maybe couldn't walk right in with the credentials needed here to be a veterinarian, but it sounds like you aren't thrilled about that profession anyway. Now, that's a real key. If you were really thrilled about that profession, there are certainly ways you can leverage your background and knowledge, even if you don't operate as a traditional veterinarian here. But it sounds like that's not the case. You've got some other things that interest you. So here's, here's the deal. This is one of those situations where, again, it doesn't matter what your degree is in. Draw a line in the sand, close your eyes to what's behind you, and decide today, what is it that you really care about? What is it you're passionate about? What is it you already have some knowledge about? And where, where is there a market for those things that we're describing? That's where you find that sweet spot that blend of talent, passion, and money that can walk you right into a new season of your life. Doesn't matter what you've got in the background. So that's the place to start. But having done so, then, all right, now you're working as a vet pharmaceutical. So you continue that. But if you can carve out 15 hours a week, you hear me talk about that a lot, 
you can address what's required to start a new business and move into that really successfully. Now, I'm curious in that you say you're already a trainer, nutrition coach, and you're working with Active Wear and Mary Kay. I mean, those are very established businesses. And if you are doing, like with Mary Kay as an example, if you really focus on that and you're recruiting, training, prospecting, selling your own merchandise and all of that, I mean, obviously there's a lot of stories there. If the business model fits you, now the business model has to fit you. If you're somebody who's real outgoing, you're very engaging, very charismatic, you know, connect with people easily, break the silence at parties, you know, like to meet 30 new people. I mean, that model probably fits you really well. If you're not those things, then maybe direct sales is not for you. But sounds like you're having some success if you even mentioned that you're doing those currently. So you have to decide what is it you're going to put your hand to. And and you really, I don't recommend that you're going to be a trainer, nutrition coach, and working with building an activewear business and building a Mary Kay business. That's too many things, too many irons in the fire, so to speak. So I would encourage you to take one, but then to spend the next six months just focused on that. Yes, continue your job, but invest 15 hours in those four different areas that we talk about in your new business without second guessing yourself, without considering another opportunity. If in that six month period of time, you can get to where you are duplicating 50% of your current income, then I think we can see the trajectory that you could move into that full time and make that your primary commitment. We've had lots and lots of people that have done exactly that. And that's what I would recommend. This doesn't have to be an ongoing thing. You don't have to stay stuck in something low level where it's you're miserable. No, not at all. You can work your way out of that by identifying again what is your passion, what is what what is it that people are willing to pay for? How can you create a plan to do that that includes both the selling, creating content or whatever it happens to be and the marketing required to really build your audience? And if you can do that, again in 6 months, get to 50% of your current income, then I think you can have the confidence to quit what you're doing, move into that full time. And with the increase in time, quickly close the gap in income and go on from there. We've got lots and lots of stories in the Eagles community about people who have done exactly that. Well, that's what we want you to focus on. We want you to have the privilege of moving into a new season of your life. Wow, welcome to the U.S. of A. Believe me, there are a whole lot of opportunities here, a whole lot of things that you can do, move into with confidence, and thrive financially as well. So here's a recap. Here's a recap of what we talked about today. Just going to do run through this quick and wrap it up today. Get help quickly and often. Don't think that it's an ego thing that you're somehow being brilliant by trying to do everything on your own. Don't do that. Reach out for help immediately. It'll accelerate your success like nothing else. I mean, when you think about people out there, if it's Bill Gates or Richard Branson or Dave Ramsey or who, anybody, they didn't do it on their own. It would be ludicrous to try to replicate what they've done on their own. Just not going to happen. So get help quickly and often. Sell your services by focusing on relationships rather than transactions. Build the relationships. The transactions will come by themselves and in unexpected ways. You can explore new career opportunities like business chaplain or corporate trainer where you're not an employee, 
but you're doing something under a contract basis, golly, opportunities like that are all around us. And then build your side business to 50% of your current income in six months, and then you can go ahead and make the full transition. Golly, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunities out there. I hope you are too. I know you are. You wouldn't be listening if you didn't believe that there were opportunities. So again, if you got questions or success stories, golly, shoot them into me. Ask Dan at 48days.com. Love to hear those. I consider it an honor to be part of your life in this way to open that magic mailbox and go through the questions here each week. So thanks for being part of this community, this growing group of people where we know without a shadow of a doubt that we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.